You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. My name is Joe Hopkins. With me is, well, nobody. Uh, Matt is with his family today, and Chap and Dave are off. So it's just me going to do the podcast solo style. But hey, somebody's got to stick around and do the dirty work. And the Colts finally get back in the win column after a four-game losing streak. Beat the Panthers 38-6 to at Lucas Oil Stadium. And I know it was the Panthers. I know they were starting a rookie quarterback who made his first ever NFL start. I don't care. As a Colts fan, I really don't. I am just happy to see the Colts um, finally get out of this funk that they had. And boy, where else to start with the game than Naheem Hines? He had three punt returns. First one was 40 yards, took it to the Carolina 36 and set up a Jacoby Brissett quarterback sneak touchdown to put the Colts up 7-0. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Good job, Naheem Hines. What's he do next? An 84-yard punt return touchdown to the house to put the Colts up 14-0. And that alone is a great day. That's a wonderful day. Naheem Hines, you're done. Go home. But he wasn't 71-yarder in the fourth quarter to put the Colts up. 31 to 6. Naheem Hines with 195 punt return yards on the day. That is a Colts franchise record and the fourth most in NFL history. The former Colt record holder, holder was Carl Tasif, who had a record of 148 yards. Yeah, Naheem Hines smashed that one. 48, 148 yards, and that stood since 1956. Hines is 195 yards, is just 12 yards shy of the NFL record, which is held by Leroy Irvin. He had 207 punt return yards back in 1981. His two touchdowns is the Colts franchise record as well. Only 14 players in NFL history have returned two punts for touchdowns in a single game. The last player to do it was Darius Raynaud of the Tennessee Titans back in 2012. The Colts themselves haven't returned a punt for a touchdown since 2012 either, and that was rookie T.Y. Hilton who did it against the Bills. After the game, Naheem Hines, he called the experience surreal. Um, but Colts fans are left wondering, where has this been? I mean, this is kind of what was expected when the 4-3 speedster was drafted in 2018. Going into the game, Hines only had four career punt returns. They all came this season because Chester Rogers, the normal punt returner, went down with a season-ending knee injury. So Hines, you know, he, he, the Colts were trying to get him involved in the punt return game when he was a rookie, but he kind of fumbled that opportunity away during the preseason. He worked with special teams assistant coach. Frank Ross, after practice, and credits him with sticking, really sticking with Hines and making sure that he put in that extra work to work on his ball security, and boy, has it paid off. I mean, if Hines can give this dimension to the Colts going forward, I, I mean, it would do wonders for a team who we have saw game after game after game this year at certain stretches has just struggled to score points. So great day for Naheem Hines, really historic, but he wasn't the only one who good, had a good game. The Colts ran the damn ball, and they ran it well, uh, basically at will. Marlon Mack, 16 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Wilkins uh, on nine carries had 84 yards and a touchdown. 
Altogether, the Colts had 218 rushing yards on the day, the second most of the season behind their Jacksonville Jaguars performance. Back when uh, back when Williams was rushing the ball for the Colts, he sure seems to be a thing of the past at this point. But with that performance, Marlon Mack eclipsed 1,000 yards for the season. He sits at 1,014 with one game remaining. Mack is just the seventh Colt to reach 1,000 yards since the team's relocation back in 1984. He now joins Frank Gore and Joseph Adai as the only two Colts running backs to rush for 1,000 yards in a season since Edron James' departure after 2005. So pretty uh, pretty, pretty good performance from Mack there. He's got to feel good about the season. Um, even missed a couple games with the hand fracture. Still got his 1,000 yards. And Colts have to feel like they are in a decent shape at the running back position going forward with Mack at the helm. Sure, they might look to add maybe a complimentary piece during the offseason. Not really a high priority for them, but Marlon Mack certainly did his part this season. Um, Passing game, again, didn't do much, but thankfully they didn't need to in this contest. Jacoby Brissett was just 14 of 27 for 119 yards. No passing touchdowns, although he did get the one rushing score on the ground. Uh, Did not throw an interception in this game either, so he did avoid mistakes. Leading receiver was T.Y. Hilton with a whopping three catches for 26 yards. Oh boy, Uh, T.Y. Hilton has just one game left against the Jacksonville Jaguars next week to reach 100 yards or else this will be the first season of Hilton's career in which he does not top 100 receiving yards in any game. Uh, Definitely been a tough year for the Colts and maybe none tougher on anyone than T.Y. Hilton who's been battling injuries game after game, uh, battling a less than impressive passing attack. Um, Jacoby Brissett certainly has taken a down swing since the knee injury. Um, but let's get back on the positive side here. The Colts defense was dominant against the Panthers as well. They were playing, like I said, a rookie quarterback making his first NFL start in Will Greer. And it sure looked that way. The Colts sacked Greer five times, picked him off three times. Justin Houston got in on one of those sacks and he has now reached 10 on the season. Nice milestone for him. He is the first Colt to reach double-digit sacks in a season since Eric Walden had 11 in 2016. So congratulations, Justin Houston. Still believe he should have been elected to the Pro Bowl, but uh, we can argue that later. Pierre Desir made himself some money. He had two interceptions of the on the day. Uh, that puts him at three for the season. And with three interceptions, Desir earned a... $350,000 incentive from the contract that he signed in the offseason. So congrats to Pierre Desir, the Colts nomination for Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Good guy and a good player as well. Really glad to see him back healthy. He was kind of dealing with a hamstring injury for a good part of the last month, month and a half. So good to see him get on the field and put forth a impressive performance there. Speaking of impressive performances, probably the most impressive, at least on defense, Anthony Walker stuffed the stat sheet with 10 total tackles, one interception, and one sack as well. He really gets outshined a lot because of 
Darius Leonard's brilliance, and Leonard had another double-digit tackle performance this game as well. But Walker is a quality linebacker who would start for any team in the league. Um, you know, and now it's third year. The Colts really got to make sure they keep him in tandem with Leonard there because they have a good pair at linebacker. Um, Colts played a really clean game. No penalties, no turnovers. Just the third time in franchise history that they played a totally clean game Sunday. Um, two other times were in 1991 at Cleveland and 1996 at Kansas City. It has happened in the NFL just nine times since 1974. And three of those times have been the, by the Indianapolis Colts. So um, Colts really did not beat themselves in this one. They probably could have had a few mistakes and still beaten the Panthers because Panthers were not able to do much of anything. But it's not all positive for the Colts. Quentin Nelson left the game with a concussion, ending his streak of durability. Nelson hadn't missed a snap because of injury in his first 32 games, including play playoffs. He did miss a snap earlier this season. If you remember back the uh, the keg stand celebration on the touchdown that ended up not being a touchdown. So because he was eligible on the previous play, Nelson could not come back in on the next play in block. So he was forced to miss his first career snap on that play. I believe that was against the Jaguars, and now because of concussion, has missed his first snap, um, not by design due to injury. So we certainly hope Nelson has a speedy recovery. We'll see if he's able to clear the concussion protocol in time to play Jacksonville on Sunday. Um, speaking of Jacksonville, the 5-10 and 10 Jacksonville Jaguars have now lost six of their last seven games. And unlike in Week 11, the Colts will not see Nick Foles. He has been benched for rookie Gardner Minshew. Uh, Minshew has been okay since being renamed the starter there. Um, in the three games he started since the Jaguars benched Nick Foles, he has averaged about 181 passing yards per game, another 31 yards on the ground. Um, he has four touchdowns to zero interceptions during that time, so at least he's not losing the game for the Jaguars. But um, Colts will see Minshew for the first time this Sunday, and someone they did not enjoy seeing last time these two team plays, DJ Chark. He returned from a foot injury and did play this past Sunday against Atlanta, but was largely ineffective, had just two catches for 18 yards. On the season, Chark has really broken out. 69 catches. Nice. 974 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. Um, really established himself as a go-to weapon for the Jaguars. He's got speed. He's got size. Um, physical freak in his second year out of LSU. And the Colts are going to have his handful, their handful with him if he's able to get back into shape for this game. I mean, we'll see what DJ Chark shows up. Is it the healthy one that ravaged the Colts for eight catches, 104 yards and two touchdowns in week 11? Or is it the gimpy one who had 18 yards this past Sunday? We will see. Um, we will also see Leonard Fournette. He remains the focal point against in the Jaguars offense in his seventh in the NFL in rushing with 1,152 yards on the ground. But Oddly enough, the Jaguars didn't really use him so much in the first meeting with the Colts. He had just eight carries, um, gained 23 yards with them, did have seven catches for 34 yards. 
part of that may have been because the Colts kind of got a lead and Jaguars were passing, but the Jaguars were in the game for most of it in week 11 and kind of seemed by the design that they wanted to pass the ball um, with Nick Foles more than run it, which seemed a little odd. Definitely know, you know the Colts are pretty darn good against the run, but we'll see how the Jaguars um, attack this game on Sunday. Like the Carolina Panthers, the Jaguars cannot stop the run either. They're allowing 5.1 yards per rush, the second worst in the NFL only to the Carolina Panthers. They've allowed 21 rushing touchdowns, which is also second worst only to the Carolina Panthers. And they're also allowing 139.8 rushing yards per game, which marks fifth fifth worst in the NFL. The Jaguars do rank a little bit better against the path, 19th in terms of passing yards allowed per game at 242. Uh, they do have the seven most sacks in the NFL with 44, and their top three contributors are rookie edge rusher Josh Allen, who leads the team with 10. After that, defensive end Yannick Ngakwe. I, I, I never know if I'm saying his name right, but he's an impressive player. He's got eight sacks on the season. Then Clayus Campbell still getting it done. He's got six and a half sacks. Um, still miffed that. He was elected to the Pro Bowl, where Justin Houston wasn't. But you know what? I digress. With this game, the Indianapolis Colts have a chance to avoid a losing season under Frank Wright. They can finish 8-8. Eight and eight. I know a lot of fans are, oh, what about draft capital? Why, why do we want to win these meaningless games? Let's just get a better draft pick. Listen. It's not like the Colts are in the running for the first overall pick or you know Chase Young or something like that. What is the big difference between like the 11th overall pick if they ended up 6 and 10 or like the who knows, 16th, 18th overall pick if they're 8 and 8? It's not a big difference. There's plenty of good players in this draft. Chris Ballard's going to find him and if he really wants to move up He has the capital to do so with the extra second-round pick he got in the trade last year from Washington. So just relax on the draft stuff. All right, everybody? It'll be fine. The Colts will get to the draft when they get there. Um, It'd be nice to see them avoid a losing season, at least finish 8-8. With this game, Jacoby Brissett has a chance to hit 20 touchdown passes. He's sitting at 18 right now, needs a couple more for that. Mini milestone we'll go with. I don't know. 20 is not that impressive in this day and age, but it'll at least be something for a guy who, you know, did kind of miss a couple games with a knee injury. He also needs 220 more passing yards to reach 3,000 for the season as well. Um, I already mentioned T.Y. Hilton. You know, this is kind of his last chance to uh, break his streak of consecutive years in which he reached 100 yards in a game. Um, I doubt it'll happen. Again, if the Colts are going to win the game, they're going to win it by running the football, not by throwing it. And even if they played the worst pass defense in the league, like, I don't know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we saw how that turned out. It's still not like Brissett lit the world on fire. So probably going to be a tough one for T.Y. Hilton to avoid, um, Avoid having his first season, which he didn't reach 100 yards. But we'll see on Sunday. The game will kick off at 425 Eastern Time on CBS 4. You can watch the Colts Blue Zone at 1130 a.m. on CBS 4 to get you geared up for the game. Uh, 
Looking around the AFC South here, the Texans at 10-5 and five will host the Titans. And this is really a crucial game for the Titans. If they win this game, they seal a wild-card playoff spot. Um, they currently have the spot right now, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are sitting there at 8-7 and seven as well. And if they beat Baltimore and go to 9-7 and seven, and the Titans lose to the Texans, then the Steelers would end up with that last playoff spot. And they'll probably, I mean, they have a good chance of beating the Baltimore Ravens, who have nothing to play for. They have clinched the number one seed in the AFC. So highly likely that, you know, Lamar Jackson stays on the bench. We're not going to see Mark Ingram, who had a calf injury yesterday. Um, most of the Ravens are not going to play or at least not play meaningful snaps in this game. So this is really a big one for Tennessee, and the Texans have to play as well. They still have playoff seeding to play for. Um, if the Texans win and Kansas City loses to the Chargers, the Texans can move up from fourth to third in playoff seeding because they would have the tiebreaker from beating Kansas City earlier in the season. So that's really a, a interesting game looking around the AFC South where Honestly, the Colts and Jaguars do not have much to play for in this one. Yet the Texans and Titans, they got a lot to play for. Especially the Titans, who are trying to make the playoffs. And uh, What a resurrection would that have been for Ryan Tannehill's career. So we'll see what happens there. I know this was kind of a uh, super quick version of the Colts Blue Zone podcast today. Just kind of sped through it, gave you what you needed to know, what you might want to know. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, give us ratings on iTunes, comments. That really helps us out. Subscribe so these epi- episodes go straight to your phone. Uh, next week and going forward throughout the off season, we will condense down to just one podcast episode per week. This week we're doing that because of personnel. Going forward, we won't have to do a recap episode and a preview episode. Um, we'll just... Next week, probably do an episode recapping the Colts season. Going forward after that, we'll get into fun stuff. We'll get into free agency. We'll get into the draft. Who are the Colts going to sign? Who are they going to re-sign? Um, who will they fall in love with in the draft process? Do they address quarterback? Or do they stick with Jacoby Brissett, at least for now, and see what he can do? We'll find out, and we'll talk about it every week here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. So thank you very much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Roto Street Joe. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Simple enough. And uh, happy holidays, everybody. Enjoy time with the family. Enjoy time off. And um, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next year. 